Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 60. He stay Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday. Steelers Nation, unfortunately, Pittsburgh's winning streak of two could not turn into three with a loss Sunday to the Baltimore Ravens. 16 to 14, dropping Pittsburgh to five and eight on the season. And Dave, I mentioned this, I think, in my analysis I did for the site this morning, a quick video. Sometimes, you know, I love getting into the nitty gritty of the X's and O's, and we'll talk about that as well, I'm sure, of why a team lost and the game behind the game. But this one, it does not take a genius to figure out why the Pittsburgh Steelers lost this game. You're absolutely right, and you could uh, stat uh, stat sheet. Uh, scout this one <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and determine uh, who won this one. Look, I congratulate them on a on a team loss uh, too, because uh, it was very much uh, that uh, in in all four phases they were uh, uh, offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. They were uh, they lost all four of those battles. I think overall. So, uh, but yeah, uh, you can definitely look at the. Uh, uh, at, at the game book at this and uh, make a solid determination of uh, uh, which team won, which team lost. And really all you have to do is look at a possession chart, really, Alex, I think, because uh, that, that, that will tell the entire story, even without the results, you know, that last column that shows touchdown, punt, interception, uh, all like that uh, uh, for the most part. I mean, obviously leave the interceptions in there because that, that tells the story, but uh Man, this and as bad as things were going, <laughs> this this was a this was a game that they they had a chance up until the end, even you know up until that uh, final drive. If you get a stop on that final drive and and, and manage to get the football back, uh, you know your field goal away from uh, winning a winning a football game. So it's amazing that as bad as things went for them, uh, they still had a chance with you know a little under three minutes left in the ball game. Right. Just could not close the game out. And that is uh, the theme uh, of the season, whether that's offense or defense, not getting a stop or offense, not making a play. But yeah, the, the, the couple numbers that really come to mind when you talk about just the box score scouting Pittsburgh, what, two or four in the red zone. And even that probably doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, three turnovers with the Steelers and Baltimore ran for 215. So look at those numbers alone. And that's all you really have to know to understand why the outcome was a loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Quickly, from an inactive standpoint and roster move standpoint, Chris Boswell officially activated on Saturday. He kicked yesterday, yesterday and looked fine. Uh, Matthew Wright was waived in a corresponding move from the inactives on Sunday morning. The only surprise there was Malik Reed, the outside linebacker, who was dealing with a back injury, was upgraded from questionable to no game status on Saturday, so thought he would play, but a, a scratch come Sunday morning. Don't know if that's related to the back or related to uh, something else. Uh, the other inactive is pretty standard. And then uh, from an injury standpoint, in-game, obviously talking about two pretty big ones in quarterback Kenny Pickett uh, in concussion protocol, leaving early in that game. And then also Chris Wormley with a scary looking left knee injury. We'll get an update on hopefully by uh, Tuesday. 
Yeah, and that uh, went back and uh, looked at that injury on Wormley, and it uh, sadly looks like it might be non-contact. There's only just the uh, the TV uh, 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 initial TV angle of it, though. But it looks like uh, he's, he's he's you know getting into his pass rush, and uh, looks like that left leg just kind of gave way on him, and uh, you know the pass goes away, and then you 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 lose him out of frame, and then uh, obviously the next sight you see it on uh, of him is laying on the turf, in in you know in some pain and holding his uh, left knee. So uh, we'll have to see how that uh, works out for him. Uh, obviously, you know, based on what we see just on the TV, it doesn't look great, but uh, stranger things have happened and maybe it won't be as, as serious. So we'll just keep our fingers uh, crossed on, 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 you know, on that when it comes to him and, you know, the picket thing, well, you know, with him being in concussion protocol, I mean, we'll see, uh, you know, you know, this is the second one that he's had right uh, in, in uh, since, you know, since uh, this year and you know, we'll just see how it plays out. Some you never know, you know, uh, uh, Pat Firemuth, you know, sometimes we thought maybe he would come back uh, uh, quicker and he didn't. So it, it all depends on how quickly Pickett progresses through the pro- protocol. He pro- progressed super quick. It sounded like that last time that he went through. In fact, didn't he practice all, on Wednesday, he was full uh, by Wednesday. Yeah, all all three days that last time that he had it. So, I I don't dare guess about when it comes to to, to concussion protocol. So we'll just have to see how it goes, and maybe Mike Tomlin will have a. The only update Mike Tomlin's probably going to give us give give us on Tuesday is he's still in protocol. Sure. Uh, that that's probably all we're going to get out of that. So, uh, yeah, uh, just keep your fingers crossed about uh, about warmly there. So, and then yeah, Malik Reed. That was quite a you know, a little bit of a surprise. All those guys got upgraded from questionable, and uh, those guys being uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, 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 T.J. Watt, and then, then uh, Malik Reed, all getting you know technically you know, upgraded off the injury report because it went from questionable to no designation. So you entered, uh, entered Sunday with no players on the injury report, so to speak. And then for him to come up inactive makes you kind of wonder if something happened, uh, pregame or if just maybe the idea was to have, you know, um, uh, DeMarvin Leal, uh, kind of play that quasi, you know, outside line stand up position, you know, in the front because maybe the, you know, they knew that the Ravens were going to be kind of a run heavy team mm-hmm. uh, uh, within that. So uh, hard to say for sure why it was inactive, but uh, it is what it is. If it's the latter, that's a big concern because if you're not good enough to play Steelers Ravens, then, you know, what was the calculation in trading for the guy in the first place? But we'll have to see if Mike Tomlin has any sort of update to Marvin Leal, Jameer Jones, splitting snaps behind uh, TJ Watt and Alex Heisman. To go back to pick and quite beat. honestly, Malik Reed probably wasn't best suited to play no. uh, on the edge uh, against the Ravens, uh, even if healthy, if we're, if we're being totally honest, right? Sure. Right. That's my point. It, it could be the back. It may have flared up in, in pregame workout. Who knows? But uh, it could have been just a matter of the Leal's a bigger guy, a better scheme fit. Now, there wasn't a lot of snaps to go around behind Watt and Highsmith. But yeah, I mean, if that if that's the case, if they felt like Reed was not in a position to play against the Ravens due to his size limitations, then that's a, certainly a big concern. Sure is. And it's one of the ones that we highlighted after they traded for him, right? Right. To go to Kenny Pickett here for, for a moment, uh, obviously the concussion, you'll have to see how he goes through protocol, just have to take it day by day. But the circumstances surrounding it are a bit unusual. I mean, he gets opening possession. He gets thrown down by 
Roquan Smith uh, hits his head, goes into the tent for uh, to be checked for a concussion. I believe the independent neurologist or whoever that is that works uh, cited that, wanted Pickett to get checked. He's cleared, comes back the next series, is not hit or even touched, and then apparently is symptomatic again or starts showing symptoms and then gets checked for a concussion uh, and then officially yanked and put in protocol. So a pretty unusual way for that to occur where you, you played after you apparently suffered some sort of potential or actual concussion. Yeah, and uh, what did Mike Tomlin have to say about that? Uh, he was asked, uh, let me pull up the uh, entire Not much. He just said, part. basically, you know, he didn't really know the whole layout and timeline of what happened. Well, that will be under fire this week for sure uh, uh, because of that, because it was quite curious. I just want to read the full. Uh, he uh, he was asked what happened when Kenny was able to go back in the game and then could not go back in. He says, I think when he became symptomatic, he was pulled from the game and evaluated for, for concussion. Uh, I don't know about the sequence of the details regarding the sequence. <laughs> <laughs> now it, it, it may be true putting that that funny sure. word aside uh, sure. it may be true that that's how it happened and concussions I, I think some people like to treat concussions as all the same and they can be very different at different people in different moments but optically uh given what's happened to Tua earlier this year and just the heightened nature of concussions especially with quarterbacks this year not a good look we'll say for the Steelers right and and I'm not I'm not insin. that's why my my little chuckle there because I'm not insinuating you know, uh, anything was wrong. There's more, there's more to the story that we don't know. It's just the way that Mike Tomlin answered the question. That's not going to be enough right now, uh, uh, for, for the media and all like that. Uh, what, uh, and this is gonna, this is gonna be under, I, I think it's gonna be under the microscope. At least it, I, I think it probably should be under the microscope, uh, here. So, uh, come, come Tuesday's press conference, it'd be nice for, for, uh, Mike to kind of, uh, lay that out at the uh, opening statement of what happened and why it happened, and 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 just to get it all out there. And there, you know, there won't be any, you know, hopefully there won't be anything that needs to be further evaluated from that. But I, I would get that out of the way on Tuesday, real quick. At the least, I imagine the NFL will be calling the Steelers and asking some questions about the process and procedure and, and go from there. But we'll get there. And once again, on. I'm not saying they did anything wrong. Right, I'm just same. saying. Uh, you just need to be transparent with what happened. Sure. Just optically, it looks a bit unusual. And there's probably some questions that, that are going to be raised and, and understandably so. So we'll see what Pickett's status is and how quickly he may be, be able to return. But let's get to the game itself. And, you know, the the, the biggest issue offensively, just to sum, sum this, this game up in 10 seconds, biggest issue offensively, turnovers, biggest issue defensively, run defense. What side do you want to start on breaking this one down, Dave? Real quick, what do you think about the Pickett? Uh, hit and tackle. Uh, you wrote about it. I, I called it, you know, not that you didn't need it called to your attention, but I uh, uh, felt it probably should have been written about last night. It was, uh, you look at kind of the, the, the rules and all it, it, to me, it looks like Roquan Smith has a hand on, on, on the face mat. It just, it feels like there should have been a, some sort of flag there. Yeah. Some could argue roughing the passer for the way he was thrown down. I personally wasn't pounding the table for that kind of call, but the nature you saw the Herbert, you know, roughing the passive call. It's so there's so little margin for error that you could justify it. And at the least his hand appears to be on the face mask and, and the way the rule is basically, if you put your hand on there, even if you're not necessarily twisting and that's the reason why you tackle somebody, if your hands on there does not come off letter of the law should have been a penalty. Right. And 
Yeah, look, I, I I think it should have been the face mask penalty at, at a minimum there. Uh, would it, how much would it impact the game? I, it's just, you know, get it right kind, kind of thing. You want to protect the quarterbacks. You want to call flags like they did on the one with Herbert, you know, and, and heck, go back a, several weeks ago on that one with, who was it, Chris Jones and the fumble and uh, uh, still get, you know, still, uh, you know, trying to avoid not, Anyway, it's just it's very uneven when it comes to that. And it's been that way for a while. So uh, standing on the soapbox in this podcast isn't going to change mm-hmm. anything uh, with that. But uh, I guess we'll get our answer on Saturday when the fines come out. Right. Because players can sure. get fined even if they did not get flagged for a play. So that will be our answer, whether or not our uh, our analysis uh, that there should have been a flag on on, on that play uh, is correct or not. All right, we shall see. But let's go back to the game here again. Offense, three turnovers. Defense allows 215 on the ground against the Ravens team who was little threat to throw the football. What side do you want to start on? Uh, let's start on the defense for a change because uh, we because oh. we, we already know the three uh, three interceptions and, and you know several things that obviously played into the loss here uh, were are more vis- can, you know can be vis- more easily visibly pointed to on the offensive side and we usually start on the offense so let's start on the defense today. Okay, I mean there are two competing thoughts here. A Pittsburgh only allowed sixteen points, and by the Keith Butler score metric, if you should score, you should allow less less than what seventeen per game. And Pittsburgh technically did, so that should be winning football. But it didn't really feel like that when you allowed two fifteen on the ground. Uh, at some at, at one point, you know, in the second half of that game, Anthony Brown, a third string rookie quarterback, his first NFL game, comes into the the contest to re- relieve the injured. Uh, and potentially can cost Tyler Huntley and, and you allow 215 JK Dobbins runs for over 100 yards his first game back in in quite some time um just not of course not meeting the standard for Pittsburgh Steelers run defense yeah you you want to get on them real hard in this but at the same point you hit on it, right you know you, you you keep any any team uh under 17 points in a game uh <laughs> I mean <laughs> that you know, that's kind of what you want them to do. And, and they did that. And if the other team has to run their wheels off to even get to that point, uh, I, I get it, you know, within that look, uh, here, here's the thing though. They, 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 they did not create any turnovers. Uh, they only had what a couple of sacks in this game, uh, two in total. Uh, it didn't, you know, because the Ravens were running so much, there obviously wasn't a lot of uh, pass rushing opportunities. In fact, 17, 17. This kind of remind me a little bit, not, not exactly, but the, the Houston game many moons ago, right? Oh, uh, the one where they lost 24, six and they, they threw for like 15 yards car did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, this time they actually threw for more yards than that. What, 104, uh, I think, in total on just 11 uh, completions uh, in, in, in total on 17 total attempts. Um, look, they're, they're, they're not, you, you know, you, you can't just look at the scoreboard, even though it's, it, it's easy to do. Uh, uh, this is, a, uh, in totality, that should have been, a uh, few enough points for the Steelers to win. And now three times this season, they've held opponents to 17 or fewer points and lost the game. So you want to talk mm-hmm. about uh, a difference in your season, circle those three games, the games, game against the Patriots, the game. Uh, what was the other one I'm missing here? The Ravens. And then what was the other one? They, they Oh, Miami uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that they held them down there. Uh, 
you knew they're going to run, right? Uh, sure. Everybody knew they were going to run. You knew how they were going to run. When you look at how they actually ran, you want to talk about some predictability. Uh, there was a lot of predictability in, 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 a, in a lot what they were doing, I thought, on the ground. Uh, and it, it, it's like, and they were saying, here it is, stop it. And you couldn't. And they even had, you know, they were without uh, Zeitler, right? At, right. at at right guard, huge, huge kind of pregame development when it comes to that. Yeah, they got Dobbins back, uh, yada, yada. But I mean, remember that uh, they, uh, uh, they, you know, they have a backup, you know, backup quarterback in there and there was no secret what they were going to do. They were going to run and they even started, I think, uh, who was it? Cologne, I think at, at, at right guard, but I think he was pulled pretty quick and they, uh, they got, uh, uh, Ben, what's Cleveland. his name? Yeah. Ben Cleveland there. He played pretty damn good in there from, from what I saw. But uh, they just couldn't stop the run, Alex. They were getting blown off the football. Linebackers couldn't uh, couldn't fit properly and make tackles. It looked like it just felt like everything was going four or five yards. Yeah, I think they're rotating uh, Cologne and, and Cleveland throughout that game, and and still had all that success on the ground. And, and while it wasn't, it was predictable that they ran the ball. It's what they always do. They had these this pretty big you know mix of of and rotation of running backs. They really want any quarterback runs. Those are usually the things that hurt Pittsburgh, where they're either selling out so much on stopping the quarterback run with the mesh charge or things like that, that they allow the backs to run free or the quarterback runs free because they're paying attention to to the backs. I mean, the quarterback run element was really not a thing in this game. Tyler Huntley he scrambled a couple of times, but they really weren't designing many quarterback runs, probably because they didn't want Huntley to get hurt and then have to turn to a third string rookie quarterback center playing the game before. And obviously Huntley ended up getting hurt on one of the few quarterback runs or, or replays that they call. Um, so they allowed essentially all their rushing yards to just J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And um, what was really just the most depressing part was the end of the game, that last drive, a chance to to get a stop, as you said, top of the show, get a stop there. Offense gets the ball back, a field goal wins the game, and they just could not get a stop. And whether you're talking gap schemes, which really were later in the game or zone schemes a bit earlier in the game, it's not like Pittsburgh even missed a bunch of tackles. They just could not get off of blocks. They were getting destroyed at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage, um, some gap issues and probably assignment issues, just a lot of, you know, just not being the physical team. Absolutely. And uh, you are exactly right when it comes to kind of those final two drives. Uh, and well, I mean, in fact, let's go back to uh, third quarter. When, when did the uh, other quarterback came in? He came in like at three something, I think in the third quarter, right? Three something left in the third quarter. Is that right? Yeah, three oh three. His first play was from his own one yard line. All right, and from that point, they ran one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen running plays uh, from from that point. Now, how many plays in total did they run uh, from 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 there? You said it was from three oh three. Three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, because there was three three kneel downs, which makes that twenty-three, but twenty plays uh overall. How many times did I tell you they ran? Uh 13? 13, yeah. All right. So uh 
you know, you knew what they were going to do from, from, from mostly from three point, you know, from three something, uh, left in the third quarter and, and you still couldn't, uh, stop it. Let me find out how many, how many yards they gave up in, 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 in that. I time. mean, I just, while you do that, I know again, the last two drives, they ran a, I forget how long, 12 play drive that took off almost eight minutes off the clock, primarily running the football with their third string rookie quarterback. And you can't get a stop there. Then the actual last drive, you know, you're facing third and three, you know, they're going to run the ball in all three downs. You can't get the stop there. And that third, that third down conversion that sealed the game was a pretty easy conversion. Edwards was not even touched by the time he crossed the first down marker. And so, um, again, you know, it's one thing to know what the other team's going to do, but, but when, when you can't stop that, that really is what hurts. Uh, four, 14 runs, 69 yards, uh, on 14 runs after right. the backup, after the backup or Yeah. The third stringer, if you will, came into <laughs> the game. Yeah. That's five uh, yards a pop. I mean, just not acceptable. And the yards after contact in the game overall, at least on the two big backs, uh, was, was pretty phenomenal. I think both of them had, uh, 69, right? Is that the number? I don't. I don't know the number. Uh, let Let me double check real, real, real quick here. I pulled it last night, but I lost my my place here. Go ahead and fill some time again here. Yeah, I mean, I think my terrible take today is talking about how how much I focused on the Steelers' run game offensively being the litmus test, but really there was a good litmus test for the Steelers' run defense, which was around top ten this year. You know, did not look good in the second half against Atlanta and that carried over against Baltimore and the Ravens are a good running team. You knew they were going to have some success running the football, but to this degree to allow 215, even if you only allow 16 points, you couldn't get off the field. You couldn't get stops. And especially late in that game, you know, that's where you really felt like, okay, you didn't allow a lot of points, but just no points, I guess, in those final two drives or whatever, it might be three points, whatever it was, but, um, the, the time of possession battle, you lost badly and you could not get stops when you you knew it was coming and you still could not prevent it from happening. Uh, Dobbins, uh, 49 of his 120 yards coming after contact. Gus Edwards, 49 of his 66 yards coming after contact. So uh, I, I, I wasn't very good at math uh, all the way through school, but uh 49 to 49, I think is 98 yards. So nearly half of the yards that they allowed rushing came after contact. Yeah. And again, it didn't feel like there were a ton of missed tackles. I mean, we'll have to see what Josh says in his missed tackles report later in the week, but you know, guys not getting off of blocks and just not winning the point of attack. That was the, the consistent team. Baltimore was just clearly the more physical and, and stronger team. And obviously that double explosive run by uh, uh, by Dobbins early. Uh, I mean that every every you know we when we talk about explosive runs and double explosive runs, those are those are stealing. You know, and sure. uh, not only did they have that double explosive, they followed it right up with just blowing you off the football and uh, getting into the end zone on the next play. So if you're going to give up those, give up those those runs defend the blades of grass, right? What we say all the time. Yeah. If you're going to give up those big double, triple explosive plays that get on down the field, at least defend the blades of grass and, and, uh, uh, left. And they, they were unable to do that on, on the very next play. So, uh, I mean, yeah, they didn't give up a lot of pass complete. And you talk about the scrambles and all there weren't, you know, or, or the quarterback runs, obviously not, not, you know, hardly any by design, uh, the scrambles are a couple of them that were effective though, you know? Yeah. I think 
Pittsburgh had, had trouble with contain. I thought TJ Watt lost contain. I thought some of the edge and force players Leal. in the run game. It was Leal or Edmonds. I can't. I think maybe that was more on Leal. It was, it was hard to tell. Uh, Edmonds was kind of coming down, but probably Leal. So just, yeah, edge contain was a problem both in the in the quarterback rush game and in the actual run game. This just felt like last year where your run defense got chewed up. You couldn't get off of blocks. Mink is making a way too many tackles. Had 11 in this game. That's a season high for him. This just had very much a, a carbon copy feel of the entire 2021 season. Right. And look, there were, you know, no. And once again, it, it, it it's hard to when, when a team, when a defense only gives up, you know, 16 points, because if I if I would have told you ahead of this thing, Alex, that they only gave up 16 points, you you probably liked their chances, right? Sure. Uh, and we knew it was going to probably be a low scoring game. But if I would have guaranteed you on on Friday when we did the podcast, Alex, I guarantee you the Ravens only score 16. You you probably tell me that Steelers win, right? Well, I guess I picked Pittsburgh to have 13 points okay. in this game. So maybe I would say no, but but obviously just intellectually, the odds are you hold team to 16. You're going to win most of those games. Oh, yeah. You pretty close on that damn score, weren't you? Yeah, I had 17, 13. You were, you were around me, weren't you? I think I had 20 something to what a little I, bit higher. Yeah, I had a little bit remember. higher there. But uh, anyway, uh, and look, uh, here's the thing. No, no. You knew that you once you once you gave the ball away at least once or twice on offense, you knew you were going to need probably another uh, another uh, you're going to need to take away on defense. And they obviously didn't get it. But there were a few balls that were actually up in the air. Uh, in this game, one went off the helmet of an offensive lineman uh, that somehow found the found open space mm-hmm. to drop. And there was one even in was it the last drive or it was the second to last drive, right? That uh, uh, that got deflected from 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 the rookie quarterback that uh, Demonte Casey was just out of his reach. I tried to get that one from my chair in Las Vegas. I think I messed my back up a little bit more. Ah. Uh, as a result of it, I, I I found myself twisting trying to get that one, but I couldn't come down with it. Neither could uh, Casey there. But you got to work harder, Dave. You got to really want it. Man, I I, I I can't I can't play in the NFL anymore. Alex. <laughs> uh, anymore? I, <laughs> that implied there was a time in which you could, which is interesting. Right, right. No, and that that's that's null. The big thing now is null. Is that coming from? Uh, the whole World Cup thing right now. Everybody using the word "null" or is I've it- never heard that it, uh, uh, okay. used recently. So, All right. anyway, paying more attention uh, than I am. No, I, I I couldn't get to it. Neither could Casey, but it was up there. I mean, what what right. happens if what happens if Casey you know gets that that little, where did that one that one got yeah, tipped they off score the wide on receiver? Uh, uh, I think yeah, it went off the back of his hand. Sutton was in coverage. That was the field goal drive, right? That was the field goal drive. Okay, I don't remember exactly when that was. And then how about the first? or maybe the second pass of the game that came that got thrown came Sutton's way and Mark Andrews. And that one right. Sutton was covering and it was kind of an awkward thing, a little bit out in front, but that one potentially could have been picked as well. So Baltimore barely passed this game, but you had arguably, you know, three chances where maybe if the ball bounces your way, you make a play. Oh, we're forgetting, we're forgetting, we're forgetting the forced fumble that had right. joint huge. possession. Yeah. What a weird, have you heard that one before? Ty, been, you said Ty I, goes to the runner. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I, if I've heard it, it didn't stick in my mind and I can't recall it. How about just real quick, the, the uh, PI on both receiver and I, corner on the same play. That's rare too. That's somebody just said, you know what? What'd you see? I don't know. What'd you see? <laughs> <laughs> We're tied. Yeah. Do it over. Yeah. Let's just do a do over here. 
Uh, yeah, I, but I mean, that that's another instance, ball on the ground, right? Uh, sure. You needed turnovers in this game once you turned the football over and you couldn't get them and you had two balls uh, up in the air, uh, one on the ground and one that hit you, uh, you know, almost into chest there. So, you know, once again, you, you got to be careful with this because obviously you, the thing that point – uh, the the thing that sticks out the most when you look at the box score, if you did not watch the game, is man they threw three interceptions and they had a field goal block, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. and, and they only gave up sixteen points. You t- yeah, I know why they lost. Uh, you know th- that that's it's easy to have that attitude, but I think as we've kind of you know objectively gone through now, uh, that that's that 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 seven minute drive after the field goal block. I mean, people say ah, oh, you can't pay too much. Time, uh, time about time of possession and and all like that. Uh, that was it. That was that. Not only was that the Ravens' longest possession of the game, uh, it was the possession that they gained the most yards on as well, too. Right. I mean, their longest 50, completion: fifty-seven yards, uh, seven minutes and fifty-five seconds of possession time. Right. With their third string rookie quarterback in his first game, when you know their entire game plan coming into that game was run the football and then doubly so once Anthony Brown is in the game. I mean, his longest completion was seven yards, I think, in the handful of five passes that he threw. And that might have been the first one, wasn't it? The one over to the left side coming out of the goal line? Was, that, that went for three. I'm looking okay. what looks like a pass for Mark Andrews on a, on a pretty oh, crucial right. third and four pickup that Minka had to tackle on. Um, so you knew they were, again, you know a team's going to run the ball. You still can't stop it. That's that sums it up right there. Right. And you had and and, and Pittsburgh tried. They threw the whole kitchen sink. Now, charting this game is a mess because there's so many variations, so many permutations. I mean, they had every package you could put in there. Whether that's three outside linebackers, three inside linebackers, Leal, big nickel, uh, over fronts. I mean, it, it's a million different things they tried to do in this game, and really nothing worked. Comes down to personnel, then, doesn't it? It does, and that's what I yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's just the talent. You were just short on that overall. There were some curiosities on the Dobbins 44 yard run, followed by the four yard touchdown. Kim Hayworth playing nose tackle. There is no nose tackle on the field. There was no Montrevious Adams. No Tyson Alualu. Don't know the reason there. Again, they had that 2021 feel of desperation. Alualu has not played well this year. Adams has not been significantly better. So you think about maybe reinvesting there. Um, but you had Hayward at no tackle gets turned out, not securing his gap uh, with along with other issues, guys not getting off of blocks. But really, I think just last thought here defensively is one of the other storylines of this game, Dave, is the Baltimore Ravens off ball linebackers made splash plays. The Pittsburgh Steelers off ball linebackers do not make splash plays. And, and that proved to be one of the key differences in this outcome. Sure did. Uh, sure, sure did. Uh, how many times? Ta- uh, how many tackles for loss, if any, did Jack and Bush have in his game? Let me see if I can. I've got it pulled up right now. That. Here, Jack Probably had one, and Bush had one. It's hard to okay. remember which those was. Uh, one of those might have been the aborted snap, was it not? That's a good point. I don't know who got credit for that one. It felt like Jack might have been getting credit for that one there. If I try to to look it up here. Uh, yes. Well, it says no gain on that one. So I don't know if they're giving him the tackle for loss there or not, but, but regardless, obviously. And again, I understand Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, they're better players than Devin Bush than miles Jack, but 
they made those impact weighty plays. And and just as a broader view, we've talked about this some um, that Bush, Jack, they've not played terribly, but they've not made the big splash plays really at any point this season. Yep. And let's see, I'm trying to find out where Jack's tackles, where, where the tackle for loss was. In- and I don't think either guy played well in this game. I know just as one snap that last run that Gus, Ed- Gus Edwards had, I'm going to I'm gonna have to find the all 22 once it comes up. It's the first play I'm going to jump to because Patrick Ricard just runs back Devin Bush about 10 yards right. off the ball in that play. And Jack was not much better. I think he's hobbled by that knee injury and he's uh, struggled in coverage and just not really moving around all that well. They're saying Huntley for one yard on that one. I'm, 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 I'm struggling at finding the Jack uh, tackle for loss here, Alex. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't looked into it. I mean, I thought maybe that aborted player that fourth and one might be the one. Um, I'm just going through here really quickly. I'm not seeing it at all. I'm seeing not no uh, negative plays here for Jack. I'm showing TFL in the stat. Let me just reload the stats real quick. Make sure nothing was changed. <laughs> I don't know why they have Jack at TFL Bush. What about the Bush TFL? Where'd that one come from? Yeah, I'm try- trying to remember. I mean, how many tackles for lost? It felt like Baltimore's consistently running ahead. Very few <laughs> negative plays in this one. So, yeah, sometimes these box scores, it looks like uh, Bush did have one on Gus Edwards in the fourth quarter. It was him and DeMonte Casey for a one-yard right. loss. So it looks right. like Bush's we can find, but Jack's, I'm not so sure. Yeah. It, pro- it probably was something to do with that aborted snap. Probably was. All right. Uh, yeah, look, and, and we, we've said all year those guys haven't made enough enough plays. I, I predicted even, too, that uh, Jack, I think, would have three interceptions this year, and he doesn't have any. Uh, who who forced a fumble? Do you remember? I think that it was, was Warmly, actually. I, I don't know if they, with the box. Yeah, they, sense, they, they, credit it, they credit it to Warmly there. Okay. He played a good game. He's always played well against Baltimore, yeah. and that, that's what makes the injury hurt that much more. Plus, a free agent after this year, God forbid, if he does have a torn ACL, how that's going to impact his market value. So, you definitely feel for the guy. Look, I mean, if, 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 if that's torn up, I mean, he's not, you know, it would be something for him to be even ready. I mean, you're looking at start, you know, you're looking he's at him, you're right. He's a pup guy easily at this point. Yeah. And that's, that's probably a one-year deal. Prove right. it, show your health and try again in 2023. So we'll see. We don't know what the injury is. It didn't look good, but looks All can right. be deceiving and we'll just wait and see. But even behind that, you know, once you lost warmly, you lost another guy that could play the run and, you know, Liao can't play the run. Loudermoke has been pretty, I mean, not played a lot, but I think pretty disappointing that she even against the run. And you just really didn't have guys that, that could get off of blocks. Man, when you just look at the totality of what we just talked about and, 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 and some of the cast of characters in here and those that are going to be free agents and all like that, there's a lot of holes that need to be addressed on that. Not on both sides of the ball, but the defense is going to have some holes. Arthur Millette played, you know, and it's obvious because they play, went against a lot of uh, heavy p- positional groupings. Arthur Millette won defensive snap in this game. Yeah, he's hardly playing lately. Now, I mean, Pittsburgh ran with a lot of three safety looks. Demonte right. Casey played a ton in this game. Actually, it wasn't even a lot of big nickel. It was it was some of that, but also it was um, some just one cornerback stuff because, I mean, the Ravens ran almost exclusively 22, 13, 21 personnel in this game. So you know, Casey was the run defender, DB uh, eraser, quote unquote, supposed to be in this game. But yeah, I think D-line was going to get a big overhaul. I mean, Ogunjobi has made plays, but he's so hot and cold watching that last snap again, just to go back to that one play because I paid so much attention to it. He's laid off the ball. He gets 
ragdolled around. I'm not sure if that's a guy I want to bring back because he's going to be 29 years old. The money's going to be higher. You know, do you want to invest that on a guy who's made some plays, but, you know, and, and they like him as a pass rusher and he's done well in that regard. I wonder how but, much that toe's bothering him, Alex. Yeah, that's a fair point. That, that's a good point. He's got knee issues. He's got toe issues, but, you know, bottom and, line is the tape is the tape. Right. And maybe it's a sign that he's starting to fall apart now. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. I mean, he had the uh, the foot issue. That's what got him hurt in, in, in the playoffs this past year, right? Yeah, I want. I'm, I'm curious if all that's on the same mm. leg. Maybe, Good point. You know, maybe he's overcompensating, and it's leading to the the problem with the knee, and then you know the toe maybe, and 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 that I I don't know for sure. I'm just spitballing there, but uh, he's uh, he's been like you said, he's been hot and cold, and he's been more cold as of late. Against the run, especially. Again, some moments against the Falcons, he ran back to Dublin that one play. But anyway, I mean, point is, you got free agents, you got retirements, you got aging defensive line. They're going to add to the trenches. That's very much Andy Weidel's thing. It's, it's trench play, offense, defense. You expect some movement there. You can't do it all in the draft either, you know? No. No, I think I'd, I'd look at a nose tackle. I mean, all, all he's going to retire. Adams is a backup, probably. So you look for that kid, that man in the middle. Yeah, you have you better address it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts here with the Steelers defense? No, I think we tore them up pretty good, fairly, right? Yeah, I think so. Again, outside linebackers pretty quiet. I thought they would make more plays against the run. There weren't a lot of pass rush opportunities. Watt did pick up a sack. Heisman had a pressure there uh, as well on that play, collapsing the pocket. But you knew you weren't going to get a lot of chances against this team. Uh, but I thought run defense, those guys didn't seem to offer a lot. All right. All right, flipping over to the offense, and again, no. No magic, no secret um, behind why this team lost this game or the offense certainly struggled. Three three turnovers. And, and the stat that I've talked about and I've touted and will continue to tout is this team is 0-7 this year when they turn the ball over even once. Regardless of turnover differential, though they were uh, minus three in this game, which is going to lose you most games in general, regardless of who you are. But 0-7 when they turn the ball over even once. 5-1 and when they do not turn the football over. They turned the ball over three times in this one, and there really was no margin for error there. It goes way, way back to what we said at the start of the season, the way the Pittsburgh's 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to win some games, going to have to play good defense, going to have to uh, not turn the football over, going to have to uh, uh, have a running game. And you have to be on the other side of some of these 16, 14 games. Uh, and the main reason they were eight, one of the, one of the, one of the several reasons they were able to go three and one in the previous four games is they did not turn the football over any. Uh, it's not like they were producing a hella amount of uh, explosive plays uh, along the way. Uh, you know, they, 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 they were able to run the ball for the most part during, during that four game span as well too. And this, this game, you know, was was the opposite of that. They they never they they try they had early run success, I thought, and, and mm -hmm. maybe maybe got away from that a little bit too much, especially down in in the high red zone, red zone area uh in there. Uh, especially after you know, and, and it's not like Pickett played Pickett only played eight snaps. So, you know, Mitch was in the game uh fairly quickly there. I didn't mind uh the aggressiveness to push the football down the field. Uh, on the edges, uh, so to speak. But uh, man, those uh, 
those three interceptions, two of those interceptions coming in the middle of the field, down in scoring territory, uh, where, you know, balls that, you know, he, he, he stared down, lack of a better word. And yeah, Fryermuth on that first one was kind of held up in there. We'll go a different direction or just, you know, uh, throw it away or eat it or something there. But he definitely forced that uh, into Roquan Smith for a very, very easy one. Uh, the second one that he tried to get to Fryermuth was was just telegraphed all the way. Patrick, he never saw Patrick Queen on the other side kind of lurking in there. And Queen just read his eyes right to the football uh, in that one. And then, you know, the one, the, the, the deep ball, I guess that's the more forgivable one of all of them. Kind of like, I guess Deontay's down there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have that ring to it like a Devontae Adams. Right. Arm arm punt. I mean, it, it was better than some of, you know, some of the punts in the game, which we'll, <laughs> yeah, which we'll, which we'll get to at some point here. Uh, but those first two, I mean, you, you they were just brutal, not only because how they happened, but because of where they happened. Yeah, we've talked about red zone play and red zone fringe and efficiency. And both of those were issues in this game had an interception in the red zone and then an interception at, at the Ravens 23. So that's red zone fringe right outside the 20. And then, of course, you even throw in the block field goal. I mean, as Mason Cole said after the game, that's a, that's a turnover. That's nine points right there in a two point loss. And so really, I, I should have I, I misstated things a moment ago when I said there was no margin for error. Pittsburgh had margin for error in this game. They had turnovers and still had chances to win this game and put points on the board. And, and they, they kept creating all that error until they ran out of margin, I guess is the way you want to phrase this thing. So can't have that. We can talk about the particulars of, of why those plays happen and decisions and route combinations and all those kinds of things. We, we can, we can talk about that all day, but bottom line is you can't have three turnovers. This offense is not built to win when they turn the football over, especially in the areas in which they did turn the football over. And that's, you know, one of the, the driving stories of this game. You know, they and and in these in these last what four or five games, they've moved the football, right? Yeah, and they did in this game as well. And they did in this one. That's what I said. This one sure. and, and previous sure. four. They moved they moved the football. They're just not scoring points, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. And obviously the, the previous ones, what because of uh turnovers, they were they were mostly the red zone fells, but this one was red zone fails mixed in with turnovers <laughs> after you after you move the football, and that's sure. That's doubly detrimental. And then, you know, look, I, I we've had this debate over the years and uh, uh, should blocked or missed field goals be considered turnovers. And, you know, technically, I, I think they should be. Yeah, that's one of your Dave stats. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's valid. It's it, it functionally works very similar to a turnover. I mean, at one point in this game, Mitch Trubisky was 16 for 20 with three interceptions. And so, I mean, he had, you know, three of those four incompletions were falling in the Ravens hands. And, and, and so he one made was some a plays. drop. <laughs> yeah. One, the other one was the, the Zach Gentry drop on his first pass of the game. And so, I mean, Trubisky made some plays. I mean, he, he moved this team down the field, but then he also moved this team off the field with some of those turnovers and two over the middle and then deep ball to Deontay double coverage. I have not seen the all 22 view of that one, but I imagine if you're going to take that shot you probably have verticals on each side, you're going to be able to hold and move the safety, look him off so he can't impact the play. And it felt like A was an inaccurate throw too far in front, and B that safety should not be involved if you're going to take that deep. Whatever deep shot you take, it's got to be one v one receiver versus right. corner. The safety should not be able to impact that play, and of course he did. Right, and I, 
it's hard to tell. What, what did Pickens run on the other side? It seemed like more of like a stop route or something over on the other side. It don't look like he was flying down the sideline. Okay, it may have been a side adjustment where you're going to you know, stop your ride if you feel like you can't beat him deep. Right. I don't know for sure. But regardless, if you're going to look at Deontay and throw it that way, you got to hold and move that safety so he can't come across. And, and listen, the Ravens got healthy at a good time. Dobbins came back. Marcus Williams was the guy who had the interception, who had not played since week five or or something like that. And so uh, their, their guys got healthy and made plays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's what it comes down to. I, I agree with you. I think the run game early, you know, considering the opponent and how stout that Ravens defense is for my money, the best run defense in football, it was making some progress, but, but not enough overall. Um, and, and obviously they kind of got away from that later in the game. Right. And, uh, the, what was the other point I was going to get to here? Oh, look, I, I've all, I've, I've been for trying to, uh, let Deontay get more kind of vertical shots, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know he caught one of them. And once again, you know there there were Mitch made some throws in this game, uh, and did some good things. It's just the the bad really outweighed the bad. I mean, uh, out, outweighed uh, triple outweighed the good that he did in this game. Sure, yeah, there were deep balls to Pickens and to Deontay, and I mean the guy definitely made some plays in this one. But when when things got tight and you're scoring your chances to finish drives or at least put points on the board. It all fell apart. And again, nine points directly taken off the board, essentially, in a two-point uh, loss. I mean, you can't guarantee if you hit a couple of field goals, you win that game. The complexion of it, how does that change? But at no point did the Ravens have to throw the ball. They could control this game, which is what they wanted to do, especially when they had to turn to their third-string quarterback. Right. Who's... The 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 uh, the big discussion that you're going to hear for the next several days mm-hmm. is who should start at quarterback if uh, if 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 Kenny Pickett you know can't get out of concussion protocol. Sure, I get we, that. We agree that if Kenny clears protocol, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Right? There's there's no question about that. Assuming there's not a big chunk of practice time missed, uh, then yes, he will be the guy. Right. Right. Now, yeah, if he if he's not in position to start, I mean, just off the top, I'll tell you who I think it will be. I'm pretty confident it's going to be Trubisky, despite the turnovers. I don't think Tomlin's going to go to Mason Rudolph uh, immediately like that. And again, Trubisky at least did make some plays. He moved with this offense. He's got to finish drives. He can't turn the football over. That much is is very much obvious. But I, I'd be pretty surprised if Mason got to start over Trubisky if Pickett is unavailable. Right. Uh I'm with you. I think it's going to be true. Who gives you the better chance to win? Who? I mean, it's not that big better- of a difference. I mean, technically, you know- who who maybe can push the football down the fi- down the field on the outside a little bit better? I think both do that. I think that's always been a an underrated strong suit of, of Mason Rudolph. Right. I think Rudolph plays within maybe structure a bit more, and maybe he's a bit more conservative. And so there's a yin yang to it. You know, you could start Rudolph. I'm not going to yell about it too much. I mean, I would, I would understand it, but I'll just tell you, I think it's going to be Trubisky. Right. I would give maybe the slight edge to Mason in this uh, because of the ability to maybe push it down the field outside of the middle of the field a little bit better, maybe than Mason. I mean, Trubisky did that all day yesterday. He had two deep balls to Pickens, one to Deontay. I mean, he also they missed on one that they, they they tried to get into the end zone there late, but uh Sure, sure. No, I get that. I mean I think maybe the mobility Trubisky has is a bit of a benefit as well. Some of I don't things. think there's a huge offset. That, what I'm saying is I don't think sure. it's like uh 
No, well, you know, uh, this one's glaring a lot more glaring than the other. No, I mean they're they're relatively similar guys overall. I mean, again, Trubisky's a better athlete, more mobile, but other than that, I mean, right. they're not. You know, I think maybe Rudolph a bit more accurate, but not big differences between their their styles and what you're going to get from those two. So now again to the question of who do you think would start? Do you think it'll be Trubisky? Yeah, I think it will be. Do you think the way Trubisky, because Trubisky mentioned how overly aggressive he was uh, throughout his press conference after the game, do you, and and I, I thought about this after the game and after the press conference, do you think he just is in effort mode? You know, uh, in other words, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a dead duck here. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be back uh, if I can. If I can make, if I can make, if I can take some chances and make some plays here, man, I might be able to parlay, parlay this into something else next year. That's the yeah. way, that's the way it kind of felt to me. He's like, F it. And I, I really, I, consciously, subconsciously, I think that's the way he's thinking right now. Look, I, I know I'm gone after this. They ain't going to pay me $8 million mm-hmm. to, uh, to, uh, to, to babysit picket here, you know? Uh, I got to, this is a chance I'm coming in as I got to make, this might be the last time I play this season. Uh, I'm going to take some chances here. I, I truly believe that's what happened in this game. And I think it's a, I think it's Mitch, uh, after the fact, hashtag, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got a bit of that scared money. Don't make money mentality yeah, going on right that's now. A good, so, that's yeah. a good way to put it. I can I can buy that uh, and part literally talking about money that, that he may see the offseason whenever Pittsburgh dumps him in whatever fashion they dump him. So I thought it's pre- not that it matters really much at all. I thought his press conference was a little strange. He was pretty upbeat. It kind of if you didn't know the outcome of that game, it almost felt like he we won that game. He's like, man, we got a chance and I'm just really happy for the opportunity. I'm like, you know, you threw three picks and you lost that game. Right. So his press conference, just kind of the tone of it was a little off to me and not that it really matters. Much. And maybe, so, that, maybe that's more of that effort attitude. Yeah. You know? Just like, you know, just, we're just going to try. I'm going to have fun and, you know, we'll just see what happens and let it ride. So yeah, I, I, I think I, I get what you're saying. What, 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 what was Cartman's fa- uh, uh, famous uh, uh, phrase in South Park? Uh, whatever. I do what I want. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know so uh, but look if you uh here's the thing with mason uh mason's stock's never been higher (laughs) (laughs) i think we said that a lot this year right now right uh i I guess so maybe he says no i'm good over here guys go ahead let let because if 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 mason goes in there and and plays bad he he hurts his stock right and you know, would he be conservative Mason's Mason or would he go in there with the same? Look, I, I see where Mitch, I'm going to take some chances in this one as well, too. You know, uh, so maybe Mason's over there thinking you got you boys have at it. Good luck, uh, because <laughs> my, my stock's never been higher than it is right now. Yeah, I don't know how high that stock is. I mean, I'm, like, I'm overthinking this, but that's what I, I think you are. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I think Rudolph would play a bit more in structure, a bit more conservative, a bit more to the letter. Whatever Canada wants, whatever the offense is asking to do, that's exactly what I'm going to do to a T. So, I mean, he he can take some deep shots. He's got a pretty good arm. His accuracy on deep balls is is probably better than Trubisky's overall. So again, we're talking. It's like you know, you're trying to paint your house, and do you want white or off white? Like it's the same thing. You know, no one's really going to notice that. Much. My wife would. My wife would differ yeah. with you on that. Some people will All notice, right. but. You argue about much ado about nothing, I guess. Again, right. again, my expectation is Trubisky, if Pickett cannot play 
uh, will be the starter. Well, look, I'll go back and 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 we'll see. And the, the sad thing is, the all twenty two didn't drop before uh, uh, you know we got on here, but it it really felt like this was uh, Trubisky just saying, "Look, I got to make some plays. Sorry, not sorry." kind of thing here. Yeah. Right. I mean, and again, to, if you want to argue Rudolph, you say this team cannot win and turn the football over. Trubisky's too turnover prone. Let's try Rudolph. I mean, that would be the short answer of why you would turn to Rudolph. So, and I understand that argument, um, but also this team has to be able to move the football and they can't put up 10 points a game and expect to, to win every single game. And and so that's the argument for Trubisky. He will take more chances and, and he can move this offense. And here, well, here's the thing too, on top of it, go back to uh, uh, early in the season when Trubisky did play. I mean, he wasn't afraid to throw the football. We said several times, you know, it's not a lack of him trying to push the football down the field because he was. Right. Just inefficient was was the whole offense. But he's got trust in Pickens to make big plays and he's not afraid to throw it to him. And that's refreshing because Pickens is a guy that may already be one of the best contested jump ball type receivers in football. And, and there's value in just letting him make plays and giving him chances downfield. All right. Uh, enough of the quarterback position now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that dominates the, the conversation, obviously. I mean, some bright spots, like I mentioned, Pickens playing well. I mean, only three targets, but um, they, they he made them all count in terms of the, the what, 42-yarder right sideline, 25-yarder back shoulder left side. I mean, that was a good bounce-back game for him. And even that back shoulder throw is more like Trubisky just saying, here it is. Can you, can you catch it? You know? Right, which is good, though, because that right. guy, usually the contest catch guy has a tough road to to walk it's hard to, to live off of that but pickens is one of those rare guys that can consistently do that and then i like going right back to him for 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 an end zone shot there uh that resulted in what the pi on that right yeah good point so even more targets that don't show up in the box score there um other what are your other takeaways for this offense uh offensive line overall i mean what off i mean that uh dotson about got uh you know got picket knocked out of the game you know, but yeah, uh, I don't. I'm gonna have to look at that one. I think their empty protection suck. The back should have stayed in. I Dotson was looking at the lefty tackle because Houston dropped. So I, I have to watch that one again. I think people are probably too quick to blame Dotson. Okay. Uh, didn't he say after the game that 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 that, that was on him? Was it? I I didn't see a call. Or was he just? Uh, anyway, uh, we I, yeah. Once again, we haven't seen the all twenty two on this yet, so we we'll have to dissect that. But uh, I mean, like I said, I I thought. Overall, the offensive line played well enough. Yeah, I mean, there were ebbs and flows. Look, they, they, only ran, they only ran the ball six times in, this, in the second half of this game. They only had f- how many possessions? Four second half possessions in this one? How long did they actually possess the ball, though? How many plays did they run? They ran like 20, let's see, 13 and 14, 27 plays. Okay. I mean, they were obviously down in that last drive. They were throwing the football because they had to throw the football. So right. that skews things a bit. Right. Uh, and and four possessions overall in this thing. But I mean, going back to what I said, I mean, and I'm not mad that they didn't run the football, but uh, they didn't run the football effectively on those six plays overall. I think it was something like 12 or 15 yards. And I guess if you want to throw in the 15 yards that, that Peters gave them, uh, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of that one play by, uh, by Warren. Uh, but I thought, you know, overall, I thought the offensive line played okay. Yeah. Don't think they were a major liability or the, the root cause of why this team lost this game. So yeah, other things, Jalen Warren, breaking some tackles, making some plays as, as a receiver, 
Um, Deontay got more involved. You know, his play, I thought, was was fine. One of his better games, grading on kind of a curve there. Pat Frying was consistently a guy on third down that you want to target. And some of the slot guys actually caught the ball. They can throw to a slot receiver now, Stephen Sims, with a couple of receptions, which was refreshing. And a nice one of those plays on getting some yak after the fact and getting a first down. Uh, we actually saw a little bit of yak in this game. Deontay had one on, mm-hmm. on the left side that got a little bit of yak in there. Uh, I think Farmouth had a little bit yak on, 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 on one of his, the Sims one. Uh, they continually ask Gunnar Olszewski to do things that he does not need to do, though. So uh, this team needs to address the slot position. As we've said a couple of times now, uh, this offseason, Sims ain't it. Olszewski ain't it. God bless Anthony Miller. He's not going to be it. Uh, Cody, Cody, Cody's not going to be it. Uh, we'll see about Austin, but we know about as much as him about him right now as we did the day he was drafted. Uh, and it's not a good sign with him already. And plus he's undersized on top of it, unless you think he's going to be the next, you know, uh, undersized premier kind of slot guy that can, uh, play a ton of snaps. They're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do something with the slot position. Yeah, and the way they're using Gunner, you know, as that sometimes lead blocker, which is questionable as it is, you're not gonna be able to do it all with Calvin Austin. And so oh. you like that that bigger slot at least option in there. I mean, it's hard to get mad at Gunner gives you the effort, sure. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And again, he's using those jet runs, and so could you really use a big slot in those moments? I mean, there's ways to do it, I'm sure, but yeah, I get, I get your point. Uh, and, and it's just something that we've said all, you know, some of that blocking down inside him trying to crack and, and stuff like that. I mean, you're just asking him to do things that don't fit him well, in my opinion. And, you know, look, there was that one throw over on the side over there that he didn't, didn't catch. I mean, it, sure. It wasn't the best of throw, but you got to make that catch. I think, I mean, that's another one of those. Steven Sims had one the week earlier, a low one that, that uh, thought he should have caught. And I, I think Gunner should have caught that one over, over there on the side. That was low. Yeah. Those guys don't get many chances. They have to capitalize and make those plays to get more chances. And I mean, I wrote a couple of weeks ago, the Steelers slot receivers are a black hole of nothingness. And that generally hasn't changed. And, you know, can't, I'd love to see a veteran receiver in that room um, sign in the off season. Right. Any other final thoughts here for the Steelers offense? Uh, How were they on third down in this game? What were, their, what were they on third down? It felt like they started off pretty decent in this one. Four of eight. Okay. They just, you know, at least they weren't having to try to convert <laughs> 20 of them, you know. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So let's finish things up with special teams, which were not so special overall. Presley Harvin, 17-yard punt. That is a career low for him. In his short I might be. Career. I might be able to still get one off that that that. <laughs> That goes. Let's see how how far back is he from the line of scrimmage? So that would take uh, ten uh, yards. Yeah, ten. You know, I don't know. I, maybe I couldn't get it. Get it. Get one to go twenty-seven off my foot. But yeah, that was uh, uh, disheartening to see. I'm waiting for Ben on his podcast tonight to say I punted further than seventeen yards, which he has. And so that's uh, you know Ben could could have done better there. So it took a bad bounce, but the actual punt itself was not much. It was like 25 yards or whatever it was. So not any, any better there. Uh, Chris Boswell had that field goal blocked. And I think that was especially frustrating because it was blocked by one of the greatest 
field goal blockers in NFL history in Calais Campbell, who's a tough guy to defend, but that's a guy that I'm sure Danny Smith was talking about. Oh, we can't let this guy impact those blocks, and, and he gets one. What makes it even worse is to hear Calais Campbell after the game talk about how they schemed that up. <laughs> yeah, what did he say exactly? They they changed their, their approach last second? Uh, I will pull that for you, sir. I think he talked about swimming the, the long snapper and, I guess, getting right in that A-gap to – and he's a big, tall guy. And again, like the way he's played at 36, I mean, that is, he's just an incredible player. Probably still one of the more underrated players in football. What he's doing at his age, his run defense, his impact of the game is is remarkable. Uh, he said on his field goal block, speaking of coaching, special teams coordinator coach Chris Horton called pretty much an audible. Chris Horton came to me on the sideline and it was like, hey, I'm going to switch it up. I know we don't practice it, but I, uh, that's a dagger. I know mm. I know we don't practice it, but I want to get you in the A gap and try to swim on the snapper. Uh, we did it last year against some, but I haven't worked on that since last year. It was a good good call. He kicked the ball, and I had a good chance to get up there and get it, get my left hand on it. It was a good feeling. Yeah, it was a good feeling for him. Keela fans <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't share the sentiment, but yeah, I mean that's. Just special teams blunders and errors have been popping up too much lately, whether that's kick coverage, whether that's punter, whether that's he'll go protect just uh, too many issues. What about uh, at least and they, you know, uh, the the punt, uh, you know, the the uh, device, you know, the uh, the guys on the outside uh, just didn't I, I didn't think did a good job of uh, and just, a, you know, the punt coverage the punt defending, you know, punt return team in general, I don't think blocked very well. And then it kind of gets lost in all of it there, but you had a James Pierre holding call in there. Do you even remember that? Yeah. And I know on some of the punt returns, Pittsburgh had their starting defense out because some of those were fourth and ones and real short yardage situations where Pittsburgh uh, plays for the fake. And and so they keep their whole defense out there, but, but still not getting anything there. Um, I think Sims had one decent kick return, but that was about it. I mean, this is a team that we talk, we we tell everybody during the offseason, they're going to keep this guy, this guy, that guy, this guy, because of special teams ability. Uh, and you have several of those guys on this team, Derek Watt, uh, Killebrew, uh, Boykin, uh, Benny Snell football, uh, Marcus Allen, Marcus Allen, um, uh, who else? Spillane to some degree. Uh, guys that, you know, it, it's not like all these guys are minimum minimum salary dudes either. And uh, not only that, you go out and you sign a guy like Gunnar Olszewski in free agency who's supposed to be, you know, the guy that you're bringing in for return guy. And he, he's no longer the return guy for you. So uh, not enough, not near enough plays on special teams this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Too many issues, not enough splash. That's a good way to sum things up. Right. All right. Any other any other final thoughts here? Coaching, anything from Tomlin? It didn't feel like there were any major blunders, I suppose, from any sort of standpoint there. Yeah, just I mean, didn't obviously didn't coach well enough. You hate to see that one timeout get burned at that one point, but it wasn't Yeah, it's true. And you know, wasn't wasn't hugely I mean, look, they you know I don't know what you want to talk about the play call. People say, well, they don't look at the points they scored overall, but I, you know, I, it didn't feel like 
it was actually, it felt like the, the, the interceptions killed this team, you know, period right. on, on offense. I mean, they did a lot of other things. Good. They just didn't put the ball in the end zone again. Yeah. Or at least with the uprights when they had chances and they were just giving the ball away once they would get near the 20 again, two or four in the red zone. And that, you know, with an interception and a blocked field goal. So yeah, that two of four is probably a bit misleading because they were, they only had two trips of points. Red zones measured based off a of touchdown success. Field goals, you still get dinged against. But this one, you had two possessions where you came away empty-handed, plus a red zone fringe, which is not trope, obviously, in the red zone stat. So to me, they're they're basically two of five with three trips in which they did not produce points. And that is just not going to win you any games. Look, uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously digest the all 22 on this, but I, I don't think we're going to come away with uh, this time with many more revelations than what the TV tape showed. All it's going to show us is who is more to blame on some of this run stuff uh, and, you know, uh, uh, what Trubisky saw or looked, looked at on, 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 on saw on these three interceptions and what else are we going to find out on, on you know, how, specifically how the offensive line played. You know, overall, I don't I don't think there's going to be earth shattering revelations on the all 22 this time around. No, I mean, of course, you want to go back and see some of the uh, specifics of a moment of a play and just some of the general trends. I want to get a deep dive into the big reasons for the run defense. But I think it's really just going to be no one got off a block and you don't get off a block. I mean, you're not going to make a play. Right. All right. That's going to probably wrap things up from, uh, you know, post-game analysis standpoint prior to the all 22 uh let's get to some reader emails and close out today's show all right let's do that uh here and let's start back a few i don't, I don't want to miss uh anything here looks like from a few days ago here uh bruce uh am writes in dave can you break down the jack uh william jackson's contract does he count 12.75 million uh against next year's uh cap uh yeah we've gone over this a few times uh they're gonna have to make a a a a decision on william jackson uh come march i believe is the uh thing with him let me pull up my my spreadsheet here real quick here overall uh, he is scheduled to earn a base salary uh, in 2023 of 9.25 million. He is due a roster bonus in March. On top of that, of 2.5 million, he has per game roster bonuses that he can earn in 2023 of up to $750,000. He also has a workout bonus of $250,000. I think that's going to be off season as well uh, there on top of it. So uh, his cap number as is right now is slated to be 12.75 million in 2023. I can pretty much, you know, don't want to talk in absolutes here because I've been burned in the past, but I, I can almost damn near promise you that they're not going to He's not going to earn. He's not going to be a twelve point seven five million dollar cap hit in two thousand twenty three. Uh, once again, that roster bonus due date is in March of two point five million dollars. Uh, either they're going to work rework this deal somehow or another for him to stay, or they're going to cut him outright. Yeah, pretty simple calculation. He's not coming back at that number. I don't even see how you justify bringing him back unless it is super cheap on a totally re- reworked deal. But right. uh, just it's just a, a shot in the dark this team took. Didn't work out. You move on. 
Right. This is going to be one of those kind of Justin Gilbert type situations. Uh, uh, it feels like uh, uh, to some degree. You it's getting you more can, of the Levi Brown nature. Yeah. Uh, you cannot pay this guy that kind of money uh, right right now. Regardless, even if you get him back this week and he, uh, I mean, he really would have to <laughs> play really, really, really well in these final four games for you to keep him at this number. Assuming he even does, he's got to get right. back. He's got to get designated to return, then get the practice time. Dude hasn't played since week five. I'm not sure if we'll see this guy at all this year. Maybe week 17, week 18 in the when the season's officially over, but I'm not counting on him playing against yeah, Carolina. I mean, $9.25 million alone, that base salary is enough to to, to warrant him not being around. So that's, that's the update on his contract, but there's no, there's nothing guaranteed, uh, in, 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 in any of that. So it's not like there's dead money associated. Right. That's the upside. There was uh, no, no draft pick officially will be given and no money for next year. So the risk was low, but the reward was, uh, appears to be about zero. Uh, Josh Rubin writes in Steelers playoff path via three-way tie. How in the hell does Steven still on the in the hut graphic? <laughs> uh, he says, hey, David Alex, is is it the case and perhaps can be relief to Steven Nation that the Steelers Jets and Ravens tie and the Steelers can get in with a two and one record among the teams since the Jets lost to the Ravens? Assuming it, it is the case, it allows us to sleep better, not hoping for chargers loss. If you're reading this next week, it might be a mute point. I, I think it's just a mute, mute point. Uh, he sent this three days ago on a okay. Friday. That makes more uh, sense. Uh, 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 so happy. Uh, the key point here to his email, happy holidays to you and your families. Uh, oh. Cause I think we are beyond anything else in Josh. Sorry. Sorry. We got to it late here. Uh, it, there's no sense entertaining uh, Steelers playoff chances. Uh, right now, I mean, if if you want to have fun and play with the math and all like that, they look. They got a they got a win out, and they they need a lot of help. And the Chargers winning Sunday night did not help things. We'll see what happens if the Patriots somehow beat the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. That's not going to help in any of that. So it 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 it's in. Uh, you could you could win out at this point and still not get in because not enough things might happen. Sure, it would take. Just so much. And listen, I know we all joked about, hey, they're going to beat Carolina. Carolina's five and eight. They're, they're doing well under Steve Wilkes. I mean, they ran for what, two bills yesterday. So, I mean, Carolina is not even a, you know, a walk in the park. They ran for 200 something yards. Uh, yeah. In, the, in With that game. Who's even their banks? It's Chuba Hubbard and who else? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know who's, who's on that team right now. All right. Who, who was the other back in that game? Let me pull that I'm not even up. sure what they're doing post McCaffrey. I think it was Hubbard. I want to say. Oh, Foreman, 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 right. Both okay. Foreman and Hubbard rushed for 74 yards each in that game. And then uh, Blackshear, kid Blackshear had four carries for 32 yards. Probably a change of uh, uh, pace guy. They had uh, three wide receiver runs, one by uh, uh, Chenault and uh, one, one by or two by more in that game there. And then. Uh, Darnold also had 30 yards on, on four scampers. Wow. Not look at him go. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just focused on three yards on 46 carries. Wow. Yeah. Just trying to beat Carolina because that's a team that that's should not be overlooked. 
Uh, Steve Novakovich writes in, Hey, Dave and Alex, I'm writing this on Saturday before the Steelers face off against the Ravens. Hopefully there will be so much excitement over a big win tomorrow that you won't have time for this questions without doing any math. Alex, can Yens give the listeners any high level comments regarding the Steelers cap health, uh, next year? We, we don't know what the league's cap, uh, number will be, but we should be able to know, uh, how recent big contracts for Minka and DJ will factor in along with any dead money roll off. When you have a starting quarterback on a rookie contract, money should be available. Will we have plenty to spend this offseason? I'm going to give you a short and dirty answer without going through all the math, which I will do immediately after the season's over. I don't want to get all detailed right now with four weeks left in the season, but I will tell you this. They will have uh, plenty enough to do what they probably need or should do. And especially if they cut guys like, uh, William Jackson, uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, you know, just looking, let, let's, let's, let's pull them up real, real quick on the overall, like top 10. Uh, and look, there's going to be like it or not, there's probably going to be, you know, restructure in there. They're, they're top cap earners in 2023 charges are obviously what, at 29.3 it won't be shocking to see that uh if need you know a break glass in ca case of emergency type situation uh with him minka if you don't want to touch tj you can go to the bank of minka coming off of a new new deal and 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 do something with him to work that number down you're probably not going to touch deontay johnson's contract because it's so short but that's a 16.3. He's not going anywhere. So you might as well pencil in that cap number is staying at 16.3 million. Uh, Miles Jack. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. to. They're going to keep Miles Jack past this year, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a case to be made. I mean, it's just one out, one inside linebacker after another of guys that aren't quite meeting the standard. You got the cornerback discussion with Akella. Uh, Weatherspoon, what happens with him and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we'll see where it goes. Uh, between Mitch and William Jackson, the third alone, you have $20 million in cap space that you can free up right there. Uh, what's going to happen with Akella Witherspoon? You going to bring him back at $4 million? Well, what happens with Cam Sutton is part of, part of that equation, potentially. Right. Um, we'll see. I haven't thought about it too much. Point is, to your broad answer, they're going to have plenty of money. They will have, they will be able to do whatever they need to do. So there's no reason to worry about the. And here's, here's the thing too. Uh, and, and I, I wanted to ask Joel Corey about this before I kind of wrote, wrote about it more. Uh, there was an article on uh, NFL.com on, I think last, last week, sometime uh, eight days ago, uh, salary cap for 2023 NFL season could exceed the 220 million, but questions remain. So there it's still because of the revenue from new TV deals and, you know, this, that, and the other, it, it you know, it could be more than the 220 million that everybody's been working on the number about. So, uh, if it is more than 220 million, well, that's, that's in excess of numbers that we're that I'm going to be working off of for a little bit on, as well. So how much in uh, rollover cap do the Steelers have projected? Uh, as they sit well, they have money. right now, like five and million, they, six million? And they, they might uh, whittle into this a teeny tiny more. Uh, 
So let's let's say it ends up being four, uh, four, four. Uh, because of elevations and all like that. Sure. So they they should roll over it probably. And last year they rolled over seven million, seven point seven million. So this year they'll probably roll over in the neighborhood of four. And then Ben's off the books officially, right? right and those right. kinds of things. So all those things combined, I don't have the exact number, but you can pretty see, pretty clearly see there's a lot of money to play with. Right. And like I said, after the seat, we got a lot of time. <laughs> we <laughs> will have a lot of time. Very, yeah. very clear. Yeah. Uh, Adam Guest writes in, uh, on the final first down run, what's the point of having Minka play so far back that when he does make the tackle, the game is over. And Casey further back than that question mark. Literally would have been better off without those guys on the field and just let him score uh, on uh, uh, point taken. We'll have to look at uh, look. You 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 should have did everything in your power just to to sell out to stop the run on that final third down. Everything. Yeah, I'll have to check that. I know that in some of the packages, they would have a really deep safety and they play the other guys up front. If they had two back, if both Minka and Casey were back, that's a concern. If there's one guy back, that's a bit more within their personality. Right. So I'll have to go back and check that. Uh, number two, more importantly, want to circle back on the secondary and see where your heads are at now. I've maintained that this is this this secondary is nearly perfectly comprised for what the Steelers want to do, which is stop the run, pass rush, not give up big plays. I think the investment needs to be better in the front seven and even more. So just a better offense and secondary is probably the last thing I'm looking at. Um, what's going to happen? You know, the biggest questions that you have going into this offseason, you know, what are you going to choose out of Levi Wallace and, 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 and a Keller Witherspoon? It's probably going to be an either or probably. Uh, I don't think Jackson's going to be back. If he is back, it's going to be on a, on, on a much, 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 much lower deal. Uh, you got to You got to sign Cameron Sutton. I don't, I, there's no two ways about it. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, again, what that number is, it's hard for me to really put my finger on. I know you, you mentioned what 13 mil the other day. Yeah. I mean, what, what, you know, as long as it's not, you know, outrageous i mean you, you got to figure out a way to get this guy back i think yeah i mean wallace will be back he's he's played well enough right. he'll be back with the spoons the question mark you guys pierre, pierre you're going to keep him on a on a, on a restricted mm-hmm. right so yeah absolutely um uh, what are you going to do with Millette? he's under he's under contract right i believe he is it's cheap right? Yeah, he'll be back just right. for depth and, and cheap versus well, not really versatility, but but glue guy, all that kind of stuff. Um, again, yeah, the trench play is where this team will focus. But, you know, you love a number one corner. You know, Sutton, I think, is a talented guy. He's played really well since the bye, but he's not probably a, a true number one type corner. You get a bunch of number twos on this team. What happens with Terrell Edmonds and your safety depth overall? That's a question as well. And so what happens with Casey? Uh, a lot of questions there. Uh, I still, yeah, Casey's another one that's going to be uh, unrestricted as well, too. You're going to mm-hmm. make make a decision about that. Uh, I still maintain from where I sit right now, and I know it's going to anger a lot of people, the, the the Joey Porter Jr. fans and all like that, uh, especially if it's, if it, we're talking about first round. If you can get Joey Porter in the second round, you know, ha- you know uh, 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 have at it, I think. But uh, I just, I don't see how you can spend a first round draft pick on a shutdown corner, and especially if you don't, if, you, if the mindset is, uh, not to let that kid travel. Yeah, I get that. Again, it comes back to who's on the board, what else is available, 
all those kinds of things that are just just impossible to predict right now. Uh, Seth Bergstein writes in, just wondering if you guys think the failure to stop the run was more scheme players or both. Some folks are swearing the team was selling out to stop the run, but just got bullied. I'm no expert, but it didn't seem like we were selling out thoughts. I mean, I think, I think it's a, you know, they got, they got their butts handed to them. Uh, Mike Tomlin said they, they got pushed off the ball and ball carries were pulling forward uh, or falling forward in there. Uh, we haven't seen the all 22 on that. I, you know, I'd like to look at some things on a couple of those runs for sure. But I mean, especially late, uh, Shame on you. You you know what's coming and you don't mm-hmm. stop it. Plain yeah, and simple. That, that's that's the most damning thing you can say about this defense in in, in the entire game. Uh there were probably some scheme things. Again, Hayward as as the nose on those two runs by Dobbins, the 44 yarder and the and the touchdown that followed. Don't love that. Uh, but I think generally speaking, it was just guys getting bullied up front, as you said and as Tomlin said. Uh, Bryce. Hey guys, it's Bryce putting this terrible loss more on the players and the coaches. Ravens were more physical team, uh, watching the game initially. Did you guys see a lot of four, four or five, three fronts with heavy run blitzing? I know if you sell out too much, then they hit you, uh, uh, the quarterback mobility stuff to the outside, but it seemed from a run game standpoint, we didn't really cause any havoc, uh, in the front seven, got no penetration, couldn't beat blocks. Do you think this is a game where Mark Robinson and louder milk should have played more to help with the physicality? I don't, uh, as we said, they, I mean, they got, they got pushed. They got, they, they didn't beat blocks. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of them look Robinson. They're not going to, do no. anything to change the course of this game. No, uh, I, people are wanting reasons for, for Robinson allowed milk to have played more. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it would have all, all helped all that much because they're getting beat up front. Yeah. I mean, maybe they should have been more aggressive and try to do some fires and, and, and blitz some of those guys a bit more. I'm not quite sure. So again, there are probably some schematic things on the margin to talk about, but when you're, when you're the least physical team, you get dominated like that. It doesn't really matter what you do schematically. Uh, Deontay, uh, Deontay and Mitch are talented, but suffer from the same issue of poor football mentals. They've got physical tools to be number one guys, but but consistently make too many mistakes to carry the full mantle, especially Mitch. I mean, my goodness, he makes the same mistakes he's made uh, since he came into the, into the league. Not great, Bob. Uh, he says, uh, look, you're, you're not going to have to worry about Mitch after the season. <laughs> I don't but think. I get. I, I understand the point. I think Mitch is a talented guy, but he gets. I mean, he's his own worst enemy at times. Yeah, and I think Deontay. Some things that he. I think Deontay, and we talked about this, you know, a show or two ago. There, I, I Deontay. I think at times is now just trying to do way too much, even though uh, it has been a thing of his of 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 in trying to make people miss after the catch of running backwards. I don't think that's. I don't look like it's going to go away anytime soon. You know, uh, just kind of feels like who he is and all, but I think some of the other stuff is him trying to do too many things. Look, he was able to win vertically a couple of times and make some plays down the field. And he had to catch over on the left side, uh, that, uh, that that got some yak over there. I'm I'm not putting this on Deontay. No, he was, he was fine. It was one of his better games. Still looking for that first touchdown. He is getting close to the NFL record of finishing a year. So we'll have to wait till after the season, but, uh, NFL record for most receptions in a season without a touchdown is 75. Deontay's at 67 right now. He's going to finish the year with more than 75 receptions. And so he will need to catch a touchdown to avoid that, uh, negative stat of the weird. 
All right, uh, one more that just came in from Ronald Hall, and we'll call it quits. Uh, question for you guys. With all the in-game injuries and concussions to quarterbacks taking place each week, why don't teams go with three active quarterbacks on their game day roster? The odds of returning to a game after a concussion is really low, and I bet Tomlin would have pulled Mitch for Rudolph after the second interception if that option was available to him. Teams could, should not have to worry about playing their emergency quarterbacks. In the Steelers' case, it was Gentry if the backup goes down or just isn't playing well curious to get your thoughts on this especially with the changes to the concussion protocols thanks for taking the question look it's just a matter of how many times does it actually happen you know what Mm -hmm. uh the odds and roster construction uh you know it just uh, look i yeah ronald i i will tell you this i and alex is probably the same i i think gay i think 53-man rosters need to be expanded and i think game day rosters need to be expanded and i think as part of that uh, maybe game day roster expansion. Uh, it should be sort of like the offensive line rule that they have right now. You can dress 48 players if you have eight offensive linemen active, right? Right. Yeah, there's some expansion. Yeah, I'm with you on, on the expansion overall. Um, right now, part of the reason why teams have only two quarterbacks is to maximize other spots, the guys that can help on special teams or rotations and things like that. And so maybe there should be a carve out, I mean, where that third quarterback can be active or you know, if if your first two guys were, it, that used to be a thing where if your first two quarterbacks got hurt, then your number three quarterback right, come right. in the game. You, you used to have an emergency quarterback designation. Why did they get rid of that? Why would yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great. You know, I'll have to go back and look at some of the rulings on that and all. But uh, why not? Uh, uh, integrate. I guess the thing is, is maybe you know. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing: if if your emergency quarterback enters entered the game back then, none of the other two could come back into the game. So, yeah, which I'm uh, okay with, That's right? Fine. With, 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 you know, you want to talk about people? You know, I guess the whole faking injury, I don't know, thing and all like that. But how many people are actually going to want their third quarterback in the <laughs> yeah, game? Right. In, 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 Our in, grand plan, player right, third string uh, in the game here. But Ronald, look, I mean, I, I I see where you're coming from. It's it's just it's not practical from the way the roster rules are right now quite honestly however comma i and I, you know alex it sounds like it as well too would be in favor of them bringing if anything just bring back the emergency third mm-hmm. quarterback rule here now the, the question that becomes uh, is a team going to roster because a lot of teams don't even roster three True. quarterbacks you know, yeah. so maybe if you maybe you make a stipulation that you can carry a 54 man mm-hmm. roster if three quarterbacks are on that roster. And then on top of it, you can play the emergency quarterback rule and, and technically dress 49 players if you meet the other roster stipulations. How does that sound? I think they should codify that today. Exactly. I think you're 100% right about that. And I imagine, I bet you the NFL will do that someday when it gets to a point where Isaac Gentry ends up having to play the third quarter of a playoff game or something like that. And there's this big outcry over over that. And the NFL will finally revert back. So I bet you within five years that happens and the NFL actually institutes that rule. I guess the only pushback would be is, uh, uh, you know, when that third quarterback can enter the game. If it's just because of, First one getting knocked out and the second one sucking, you know. No, it should be the way it was. They had it perfect. The NFL loves to tweak things when things are fine. First two quarterbacks get hurt. Then the third quarterback is eligible to play and the other quarterbacks cannot come back in. 
All right, Ronald, uh, you, 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 you provoked a good discussion there. And, uh, but I mean, just on a practical sense, it, it's not practical overall the way, the way the NFL roster rules are right now. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, uh, no live stream tonight. That'll be next Monday and we'll come back on Wednesday, go through the all 22 and take it from there. All right. How about a little gloom, despair mm. and agony on me to end this uh, podcast out here. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. We will watch all of the uh, uh, All-22, talk about that, talk about Tomlin Tuesday, start going over injuries, looking ahead to the Carolina Panthers game next week, which will be on CBS, by the way. Uh, uh, early game action there. Probably not going to be a lot of Steeler fans going to be able to see this across the country unless you have uh, DirecTV or a stream or something. But uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to uh, donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the ad free button. Uh, good job, Alex. Uh, uh, we will we shall move forward and we'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.